It was a very long curse. Do I suck like I put the sock on you? And welcome back, as always, to the Slums Cast. I'm your co-host, Neuropancer, the world's okayest audio editor. And I'm Orbital Tangent, a.k.a. Josh, a.k.a. Netrunner's okayest player. Still holding on to that title. I love it. Undefeated at being the okayest. And the only thing I'm undefeated at, in fact. Well, if you were undefeated at Netrunner, you definitely wouldn't be the okayest player. You'd, you'd probably be the best, like, easily ever. Yeah, good point. That would be super off-brand for us. Let's not do that. Yeah, you'd have to kick me off the pod. Yep. We'd have to cut the feed immediately. We've already had to a few times, but yeah, these things happen when you're recording audio. Absolutely. You have to cut the feed because you can't edit audio. No, no. We've discussed this. Yes. Completely impossible to do that. You're getting to know. We sure did a thing this last episode, didn't we, Josh? Yeah, we did a thing or two or three or maybe even four or half a dozen or a dozen. It was an ambitious thing for us to have done to decide, let's just interview what feels like half of the Netrunner community and have all of them on our podcast and therefore have like 17 hours of audio to wade through. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And uh, turned out I had to recruit you to uh, help out with that. A task that I will note I am only okay at, arguably okayest. Much appreciated, though, and I do have to mention there was a bit of a gap between worlds in these episodes and, of course, between the episodes themselves. And for that, the Slumish cast does apologize. But also, if you expected better, you expected too much of the world's okayest cast. And honestly, for that reason, the Slums cast officially does not apologize. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I think, honestly, it would be off brand for us to apologize anyway. Really, the brand is so important. Always got to be branding. That does bring us to an important point, which is the fact that these episodes have interviews from people who participated in Worlds, mostly 2020, and all of these interviews took place during the actual weekend of Worlds 2020. Yes, indeed, they did. And that actually brings up something interesting. Something interesting. Tell me more. Yes. So in the last episode, we spoke about predictions. And for this episode, I want to introduce a new segment. A new segment. All right. Yes. I'm on board. I'm sure it can't possibly be related to anything we said last time. Well, maybe. The segment is... We must be fucking Nostradamus. Really? We must be fucking... Mo is that legal? Well, you got me there. Anyway, this particular prediction is about the winner of Worlds. And while we didn't exactly get the decks right, you know, you can't get them all right. No, no. We did get the person correct. And we had made this prediction with a fellow slummy. You know her. You love her. That is Alexis Spicer, the lady who was mean to me, a.k.a. Baby Wayland, bunch of AKs, insert them here. A.k.a. Elizabeth Mills. Y yes, all of the things. You know, this is coming back to me now. I think I actually made this prediction, and I think it was while we were discussing a certain top 16 competitor that Alexis was rooting for, and we were mentioning offhand, wow, those are some pretty spicy decks. It's going to be crazy when they win Worlds tomorrow. And reminder to those listening at home uh, about a month and a half after Worlds took place, this interview was the day before the last day of Worlds. This was legitimately a prediction. <laughs> 
Indeed. It was indeed. But the thing is, Pants, I, I don't know if we can just have that level of correctness on this cast. And it may be too powerful for us. I think, unfortunately, my friend, we just we need to talk this over. We can't have this. We have to cut to some uh, other audio while oh, you no. and I discuss consistency. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? Hi, my name is Swan, otherwise known as Isaac Swan. I am probably most well known for complaining about bans on Stim Slack General. And also I ran the U.S. National Championship in San Francisco in 2019. What specific cards do you complain about being banned? I have a huge bone to pick with the fact that Shipment from Tenon got banned. One of my very favorite decks of all time, the first thing I ever 4-0'd a tournament with was Double Merger MedTech. And an important piece of the Fast Advance MedTech deck is having all the Fast Advance tricks. And so because of P.E.'s Sins, I can't play one of my favorite decks before the ID rotates away. And I'm unhappy. On brand with beautiful jank. Yeah. I love you already. What did you bring there, Swan? So I brought Argus and Adam. I probably have the most event claims with Adam of anybody in the world, uh, given that I probably have somewhere in the order of the mid to low 20s total claims. Also, Barry Meta, one of the few metas that actually puts all their tournaments on Always Be Running. And I was formerly the person that held the most claims. And then Argus is actually almost the same deck that I played at Gen Con two years ago, where I went 5-2. Things change, but not Argus. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) From the 2018 deck, I think there are maybe three to five slots that are different. I'm using two border controls now. I, yep. I'm use, I have two Ashfars instead of Hortums. Oh, yeah, right. Those are good. And then based on Longy's results from Anpac, I took out the Oaktown for a Cyberdex sandbox. Yep. Cyberdex so, is pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah. It only came into play once all game, and Oaktown would have been fine in that spot too, but it was just something to try just so it was different from the last time I published the exact same deck. Yep. That was the real reason why I made the one card change, just to say that I changed something. I think we've learned that Argus, just like audio, is an immutable medium. Yeah, it, it, it can't yeah. be edited well, in any way. Also, my, my flavor of Argus is a little bit different from what's uh, been the standard Argus. I don't run Prysec. I instead have a derivative of the Gulag build, and so I have uh, reverse accounts. Reverse is oh. good. Reverse is real good. Yeah, reverse is good. Yeah. So in that build, you have two copies of reverse accounts in lieu of the third Raven. And then I'm also on like two archers and three surveyors. Yeah. I've taxed out stealth decks by having surveyor, 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 archer. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah. Disgusting. Same. Gross. Yeah. So uh, how'd those do on the day for you? Argus did exactly what I expected it to. I lost a game to Stoppable Force in the first round. Or I'm sorry, or was it Movable Object? It's such a I, meme, I, I don't remember genius, which was which. What in the same in my mind? to make in, like, the, in Netrunner. Yeah, like, I think... No, I think were I, legitimate players. I strictly picked Argus because I came to the realization last Saturday that 
maybe I could try to find some other corp that had like a better top end result for me. But my floor of that deck was probably three wins. Even if I was having the shittiest day and was like playing like absolute dog shit, I'm good for at least three wins with that deck in a seven round event. And I got five, the same as I got in Gen Con two years ago. That was 798 days ago, actually. (laughs) I looked it up for my write-up when I did it last night. So I didn't actually just know that (laughs) off the top of my head. I promise I'm not that far. Um, And then two of those games were games that I just had just weird ice luck. My round four match against eighth uh, was just the weirdest sweep imaginable. In the first game when I was playing as Adam, I won the game with 36 tags against CTM. (laughs) And then against the Stealth Leela, I only found one piece of ice in my first like 19 or, or 21 cards. Just barely squeaked that by. It was... Good Lord. Thankfully, that was right before break and I had a chance to just recover, but that was the single tensest game. What was the baddest beat you had? I mean, the baddest beat was having to play against Ag Infusion with Adam. The ice is so big yeah, and it's, it's so hard to get started. I had a game against Argus. I was just too slow. My three other losses... Yeah, one of them was... Hey, it's Ag Infusion. What can you even do? The other two were punitive losses. And in one, it was punitive, too big to fail punitive. That got me really, really rough to, you know, steal agendas, which turns on my character at all. But like that, there's always that one turn after the first steal where if I'm against a punitive deck and they just have it, there's nothing I could do. And so Outfit did that to me. And then Cody did that to me after the two for one game and the game that we played for posterity. So that, that hurt, especially since like that was last name of the day. And it was, uh, it was turn like three. Ooh. It's like, Oh, okay. That's over. All right, cool. Pack it home. And what's especially tough about the, the Asa punitive deck is the obligatory trash that neutralize all threats makes me do. And so the reason why there was no even remote way for me to be able to beat that trace and not just lose the game was because I had to pay five bucks to kill Jeeves. You access a Jeeve in Centrals and you're like, in no world would I ever actually want to trash this. It won't be influencing the board for five more turns. Mm-hmm. Then. Right. But you have to. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is actually why the hot tech for Adam, a pair of scrubbers. Okay. Because, okay. you know, some people are inclined to put Miss Bones, but Miss Bones doesn't hit things in centrals, Correct. which is usually where it really sucks to hit things. Correct. The recurring credits over if the game goes long actually is more money. Yeah, Adam can be, uh, our, our boy Adam can be a cruel mister. What was the worst deck building decision you made? Oh, uh, the worst deck building decision I made. I think the worst deck building decision I made was probably including RNG key. Mm. I really, really like RNG key, but I don't think I actually had a game that I won because I had it. I think in the games I did win, it didn't really play that big of a factor. Mm -hmm. And in one of the games I lost, I was, I actually had a good use case for it. It's hard to know when to trash to install another program. Yeah. I think I could have replaced RNG key with something with a little bit more utility, but ultimately I think my decks are better than I am. 
<laughs> I know that feel. Maybe the real yeah. deck building mistake was the friends we made along the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or plot twist. The real deck building mistake was you. Oh, shit. oh yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's the- I mean, I've said this in, in mostly runner write-ups. But like, hey, I went three, four with this, but the deck could do better. Trust me. <laughs> the deck could do better. Yeah, I feel that about all my runner decks. Food. Are there any plugs or any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to shout out NiseoP because keeping anything going past end of support has been a dream. Yeah. I'd also like to shout out the other active, very good Bay Area Netrunner player, Atma who got 21st overall. Nice. And did it with Shaper. Ooh. We can't abide by that on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, we're, we're, this is an explicitly anti-Shaper podcast. That's a- oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were anti-Shaper. I thought in making bad deck building choices, I thought you would celebrate Shaper. Oh, man. Oh, you caught us. We're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> cut it. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. I'm just say- I'm just saying that you can make some extraordinarily bad deck building choices with Shaper. And yeah, you can. <laughs> there's some jank that you can do with Shaper that you yeah. can't. Well, and you, you it's, can, it's a Finley faction. You're starting off with a bad deck building decision because they're choosing a green ID, right? Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate yeah, that. Uh, absolutely. Thanks. And uh, yeah, good luck trying to edit all the people going on and on and on that you got. <laughs> uh, well, that's Josh's job, so. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll figure it out. Yeah, thanks for running events and, and yeah. uh, thanks for keeping your meta alive and, mm-hmm. and uh, providing some spaces for people as well. I just wanted to say yeah. that before you, you got off. Um, yeah, absolutely. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? Sure. My name's Chris McLennan. Go by Zinchling online. Awesome. What'd you play at Worlds this year? For Runner, I played 419, and it was a 419 deck that was tuned to beat basically everything except Asa. So the value of that may have varied. This may have not been the year for it. And I played on Corpse Side a sports metal deck with Ooh. Audacity. Just try to go fast. Love that. Audacity. Four influence, right? To import that? Yeah. Oh, God, One's I enough, that. though. Yeah. There's enough ways to cheat out on agendas. How did it do for you on the day? Out of seven rounds, both decks won four games and lost three. Most of the sports metal games were pretty close. There were a few where I was just like one agenda point short of winning or one turn short of winning, and my opponent managed to pull off a combo or whatever. Runner deck did mostly what it said on the tin. It lost the two aces and beat almost everything else. I was super favored in my last matchup against the Polina, except for the mm-hmm. fact that my barrier breaker was the fifth card from the bottom in my deck. Ooh, hate to see that. You hate to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rough. So I have a sense we might have just heard it, but just in case we didn't, what was the baddest beat you had all weekend? Believe it or not, that was not the baddest beat. Oh, no. That was up there. But probably the baddest beat was one of my... It was both bad and kind of awesome. But it was in one of my corp games. And I'm playing against Ken Tenma, which is, you know, favored for sports because they don't have any way of stopping me from fast advancing. Real quick, who was on the Ken Tenma? I might have played this player. That was Jens, the former world champion. Okay. I also played Jens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so I'm one point out from scoring. I have audacity in my hand and my opponent has seen this. Mm -hmm. 
And there's like, you know, eight cards left in my deck. I'm sure to draw an agenda next turn. He plays CBI Raid and forces <laughs> oh, me to no. put oh my God. five cards from my hand on top of my deck. I'm dead. And I was just like, this is the worst. Like, this is your own card, so that's great, but this is also the worst. Genuinely got beaten by CBI Raid. Oh my God, that's amazing. And add to my resume now. There's a thing for that in Slack, right? Like Sanjay has times flatlined by Pup 2. <laughs> oh my God. It's a bad beat, but it's... It's also, it's, it's amazing. It's, that's a story that just will go on forever. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. How about decision-making? What was the worst deck-building decision that you made? Probably most debatable deck decision that I made was swapping out Project Vacheron for Global Food. Mm. In testing, I saw some games where if they stole one early enough, those three points actually mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it worked out in the end or not. We'll see. But I don't know if I would have won more games swapping it out. There were times where I feel it would have been better and times where I feel I'm glad I had the food. So what I'm hearing is most of the deck building decisions were good? Mostly, yeah. Uh-oh, we got to cut this out, Josh. Yeah, uh, cut the feed. Well, my secret tech in my 419 deck was a single copy of Whistleblower, which was very useful to steal Obokata. It was good to steal Bologna's or CityWorks project, anything like that. Yeah, CityWorks is great because you don't have to guess, too. Yeah, it's just, no, you go steal it. You don't have to waste time drawing up and all that. They think they have a window and all of a sudden they don't. You know, I could say that the decision to take 419 itself may have been a mistake given the makeup of the world's players, but only two Asa out of seven games. I think that's worth it. In one of those games, turn one, they put down Cybernetics Court and draw a bunch. And I play Dan's card to draw and gain money, install Paragon, install Miss Bones, run and trash it. I'm like, all right, I am set for this game. I'm doing really good. He goes something like, install, install, credit, hard-hitting news. I'm just like, oh, well, okay, I guess now I'm on zero credits again. And by the time I dug out of it, he had a huge board, and I had to run and trash an MCA, and then he hit me again with hard-hitting news, and I was just like, oh, God, (laughs) this is terrible. So theoretically, great start turned out bad. Yeah, that's the problem with Asa. They can just do that to you. Any plugs or shout-outs you want to give while you're on here? Yeah, I participated in the Queen Bee Challenge, and I'm hoping more people did. I didn't see too many people with bee avatars, but it was fun. And, you know, if I did well enough, I'm looking forward to that, honey. Oh, yeah. There we go. All right. Thanks so much for being on. My pleasure. Thanks, you guys. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? I'm Gunslinger, also known as uh, Whiteblade111, also known as... Wait, those were the same person? (laughs) Oh, oh shocked. I'm not that shocked. One of my favorite things about this world was watching it slowly disseminate through the population. I think on Friday, only a few people knew, and by the end of Saturday, basically, like, everybody knew. I think I was one of the few people who realized very quickly on Friday, because I was one of the few people who looked all the way down the standings at who had buys. I wasn't super trying to hide it either. Like, I knew there were going to be people who could tell just because of how the buys took out. Like, I mean, there's one yeah. person who was using a buy that was completely unknown, and I wasn't in the standings. But it was just fucking funny how that yeah. shook out. You can also call me Eric. I'm Eric Kilback also. Hey, Eric, I want to be very clear that you being on our podcast, <laughs> Slumscast, does in no way cancel the beef. In oh, no th- way. We already got, like, two topics that are putting you guys on blast on our next podcast. Don't worry.
Um, the, the beef is very much ongoing. We even commentated together this weekend. And if anything, <laughs> I think that deepened the beef. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> deepened a, a deep disrespect and hatred for each other. It's braising right now. It'll have an excellent flavor. <laughs> <laughs> what did you play at Worlds this weekend? I played Freedom and I played Ace Group. Anything spicy about him? The Freedom was very similar to the list that I won a pack with and that analyzed Chris and Kisra top 16 American Continentals with. The only viruses in the deck are two Amakua, two Yusuf, two Datasucker, and you're like basically Reganok. We cut the Bravados for a single SMC and an Angolo because mm-hmm. we were like, oh yeah, stim hack for Angolo is pretty sick. And so we just want to do that. It was tech for the Glacier matchup. I really, really liked the Freedom list. I knew I was going to play it basically at the start of testing. Like the Acer deck, I still don't know how it works. It's dedication ceremony. I, like every game, I was just like, I'm just going to keep drawing cards until like I figure out how to win the game. Every game was a different way. Like, oh, how can I win? I should not have played the Acer at all. It was a terrible decision. How did you do overall? I finished eight and six, which puts me. 61st at 300-ish. Pretty solid, I would say. Top half? Yeah. I wish I had done better, but like I think in the grand scheme of things, that's fine. And I think realistically, I've already had a pretty good year in terms of tournament results, and you can't have, you know, you can't do well at every single tournament. Sometimes things don't work out. Arguably, you did too well to be on Slums Cast. We might have to... We might have to- <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. No, sorry. We're going to have to cut it. We're going to have to yeah, cut yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the bad stuff, though, because that's more on brand for us. Sure, 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 sure. What was the baddest beat you had all weekend? Oh, yeah. I played versus Ian, BC, uh, a dumb brick. He's in top 16 right now. On Renaissance, which he was Geist. Mm. I had a good start. He got Da Vinci down early. I was like, I don't know what the fuck Da Vinci does. Da Vinci. What is he doing? Trying it's, to it's, clod out a... No, no, no. It's just value Da Vinci. So he devalued Da Vinci's out of Stargate. I was like, that's fine because I'm holding two Vacherons in my hand. What's the worst mm-hmm. that can happen? He Stargates me, puts a Vacheron in archives. I draw no ice. He's a GFI off the top and like Stargate's mass agenda, which felt bad. And then I got to do Freedom versus Titan, which I felt fine about because I have two turntable. I keep a hand with turntable and a zero. I'm like, this is fine. All of my breakers, my N'Golo, my paperclip, my Yusuf's, and my Amaku is all in the bottom 10 cards of my deck. Ugh. Wow. So, so I just like couldn't. I think he had like a Hordeman R&D and a Sandstone and HQ, and it was just like, can't get any accesses. Yeah. Ian's obviously quite a good player. I mean, he deserved mm-hmm. to be top 16, but it did feel bad. I was five and one when that happened. So if I'd been seven and one, I would have been like in the, oh, I can start looking at ID. Mm-hmm. But it put me down five and three. So those were like the two really bad beats I had. I'm going to have an anti-slums cast take. All right. I don't focus on bad beats because I think it's like when I'm analyzing, I used to have this toxic mentality of I'm only losing because I have these bad beats. You know, it feels bad to have a bad beat. But I think just the reality of card games is like you could have bad beats and you should just focus on like the stuff that, you can change. I don't view it as our mentality is you only oh, no, sure. bad beats. Our mentality is we celebrate the variance, you know? Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> we also do focus on bad decisions as well, we which do. I agree with you, Eric, which my agreement in no way cancels the beef. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we celebrate poor decision making as well, and you, yeah. you can learn from poor decision making. With that in mind, what was the worst decision you made in terms of deck building or deck choice? Oh, I shouldn't have brought fucking Asa. What the fuck was <laughs> I thinking? Like, actually, here was the problem. 
a week before Worlds, we were like, every corp is a pile of ass. What the fuck are we going to do? We have to bring a corp deck. So we invited Greg Tung into Snare Bears. We're like, we need a fucking, we need a talent contractor. Greg's a very talented deck builder. He's a great guy. He's like, okay, let's build sports metal. So we built dedication Rococo combo in sports metal. And then you game changer out of Avastron for the last three points. Spicy. That was the game plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We basically were like, okay, if the only thing corps do is lose, let's build a corp that loses so hard it wins the game. I enjoyed playing this deck and I was going to play it. And then like three days before Worlds, Greg was like, I'm going to play Daddy Rococo Asa because it's like nuts. And then Analyze Chris, my friend, was like, I'm going to play it too. And then once I was like, oh, I guess I'll play it too. I still don't know how it works. I just fucking play fully up in VLC and we see what happens. But I really... The Freedom games, I always felt very confident. The Acer games, I was like, I li- I don't know what I'm doing. I wish I'd played Titan. You know, I wish I'd sort of... Titan? Like, not even high roll. Like, in some sense, hi- yeah, I wish I'd just high roll Titan and, like, thrown it that way because, like, the Titan deck, I feel comfortable on. And I think, mm-hmm. for me, this was a takeaway of something that gets underplayed in the Netrunner community is comfort factor. I think there's, like, a, a poor obsession with what's the objectively correct deck. You know, maybe the freedom is worse than like Leela, for example. I feel really good at the freedom and good on the freedom. So it was a no brainer for me. I think I should have played Titan because I'm more comfortable on it rather than the Ace, even though maybe the Ace is like a better deck just because like I did not know what the fuck I was doing with the Ace. I feel that. It's interesting (laughs) you bring that up. It's less true now than it has been, I would say, in past years, though it is still somewhat true that like the Netrunner community is kind of obsessed with what's the best deck and like play that at a tournament even if you have never played it before that was just kind of the dominant mindset i feel like it's a little less dominant now i think for me personally it's about threshold in reality i think your deck needs to be above a certain threshold of good and then once it's above that threshold of good you can like really do whatever because like the logical consequence of saying like you should just play what you're most comfortable on is that like you know like a pile of like 49 cards that don't have any synergy is gonna win i just don't think that's true but I think as long as you recognize that your deck is doing enough busted shit and is in the sort of like realm, like let's say tier two or above, and even in some sense tier three or above. Well, we're know. seeing that right now, I think. We're, we're seeing like guaranteed to get at worst third right now is a sports metal combo deck. Only ice it's on is three Meridian. Oh, that's lit. Even think of it like last year, how far did re-education near a thub go? You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, that's right. Oh, and oh Adam. Oh, God, he did. You're right. That's how I felt about the Freedom List in some sense. I think the Freedom List actually does like struggle a bit against Polana. Mm-hmm. I'm really fucking sick at Freedom, and I never lose to Polana. <laughs> so, like, if a Freedom deck was like a good call in that sense, it's it, got sick hand disruption and, and like board disruption. I mean, too. like, Freedom's so fucking fire. The only reason this meta is reasonably salvageable is because you can play Freedom in it. It's such a fun deck. It is important to play where you're comfortable on as long as it meets that sort of like minimum threshold. We were like, okay, we got to take all these cards out. We got to put like, we were on two SMC, one in Golo. We got to rejig all the influence. Uh, we got to be like tech for Polana, blah, 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 blah. And then two days before Worlds, I was playing against Chris. Uh, he was playing Asa. And I was like, man, we put in all this fucking Glacier tech. Like this deck sucks. So I went back to Raffle and I just like, I cut all the cards out. I just put all the Raffle cards back in. I went up to three deuces. 
it was funny. We were on two Kiko originally because we were on Paladin from Drip. And then I was like, why don't we cut one of the Kiko for a turntable and run a single Kiko and a single turntable? Like two consoles, hot tech. And then I played two games and I'm like, man, turntable's just really good. I'm just going to play two turntable. And so it moved back to Raffle. And then like, so we ended up just playing Raffle instead, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Any shout outs you want to give while you're on here? You're not allowed to shout out your podcast. I'd like to shout out the shout first and foremost son of a bitch you <laughs> I, bastard i would also uh i, I mean really you gotta I, cut I, that too josh <laughs> <laughs> i really do want to thank the snare bears it's a good environment i think i would not be playing netrunner right now if it wasn't for them i, I like having an environment to just sort of like really grind out games mostly i tested this time with greg tongue analyze chris ronji dodge uh ian from mm-hmm, boston mm-hmm, ian, yeah they all crushed it we tested a ton. It was really fun. And I'm like, also, I want to just thank the Netrunner community as a whole. I mean, this weekend was really good. I thought online worlds would suck because of the times we're living in. And it's like, I was not like very excited about it. But honestly, uh, hanging out with everyone, I did a cube draft. Very, very funny. And some of the best games I've had in a while. And lastly, I just want to shout out Nisei. Pretty fucking wild that they're still doing this shit. Past couple of days, I've been like slightly critical of how the cut was formed, and I think I will continue to be critical of that in my future endeavors and in the future in the part in the podcast mm-hmm. I'm going to record. That being said, it doesn't overshadow the fact that like everyone did an incredible job. Nisei's doing the best they can. The gateway is going to be fucking straight fire. I'm looking forward to that. I think we're going to start doing scoop season in like a month or so. Stay tuned. It's it's fucking excellent. All right. Thanks for being on. Yep, yeah. Thanks thank for you, having man. me. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? Yeah, happy to introduce myself. This is Sanjay Kulkacek, 2016 World's Top Tenon, 2017 World's Top Tenon, and coming back to form, 2020 World's Top Tenon. You're welcome. I'd love to see it. Oh, chef's kiss. Also World's Only Tenon, right? This time, yes. <laughs> Though actually, that, that's a little bit of a drama. I'd be happy to talk about it. Well, oh, we love drama let's here. Let's dive right into it. All right. Let's talk about the Tenon controversy. Yes. So I signed up for Tenon, this world's, with the assumption that no one else would, and I would yet again claim my prize of world's top Tenon. And tragedy upon tragedies, when the lists are posted and the IDs are mentioned, there's a Tenon on day one, 1A, and there's a Tenon on day 1B when oh, I'm, no. I'm showing up. I actually hear about this because my friend who knows that I'm going for this tenant list sees the 1A tenant and says, good job, you did it. There's one tenant, you're, you're in. I do not know who that tenant deck is. And I'm watching Cobra. They sweep their first round. Uh-oh. And I'm thinking, that's hard to keep up with. They sweep their second round. Oh, no. Um, then they sweep their third round. There's a tenant deck that's 6-0. and <laughs> I am devastated. I know I cannot keep up with that. They basically have four rounds to pick up another win. It's going to put it out of reach for me. But lo and behold, that Tenon deck was a misentered Titan deck, clearing the path for me to be the world's top Tenon. Praise be to Jackson. I know. I was like, I do not remember hearing about a Tenon deck being 6-0. <laughs> and I was playing I very that mixed day. feelings about it. Such mixed feelings about it because... I was thrilled to see that a Tenon deck was dominating. I was so curious what they were up to, but yeah. also I was furious because I knew I could not replicate that. I would not be able to catch them. The worst thing about it, right, is you're playing on day 1B, they're playing on day 1A. 
you couldn't even beat them in the 10 in grudge match. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I knew they were there, I would go hunter seekering them, give them one loss, and then how can they beat me? Well, world's top 10 in. There we have it. Oh. So we know one of the decks you played. What was the other deck you played? So I was playing a pretty conservative 99 card max. Um, a little disappointingly, okay. that was not the biggest max deck, not the biggest deck that was played at Worlds. I know somebody really? uh, somebody out there played 105 cards out of max. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, they have no discipline. They don't know, they can't, you know, make those final cuts to make their list truly competitive. So I, I mean, I'm thrilled to seed uh, the biggest deck at Worlds title to them. But at the same time, you got to make those cuts so that your your decks are streamlined. I, I almost played a 48-card max list at Worlds. so That's a lot of cuts. I don't know how you would make... How many cuts would you have to make for that? Quick math. Um, that's 51 cuts. I don't know how you would do that. And yet it still felt like it had too many cards. Vance just can't handle a big deck. <laughs> the best thing, though, about Worlds being online is this 99-card max deck you do not have to shuffle it. Yes. That's doubly good because one, I don't have to shuffle it every game. And two, excellent person, Mike Sheehan, made a wonderful champion card for winning Euros one time. Uh, Labor Rights, spelled L-A-B-O-U-R. It's a Euros card, come on. And I love that card. It's a little bit less good in a giant deck because you get to the end of your deck a little bit later, but you still like it. And it's still a great Anarch efficiency card. And when I was playing this deck in, in real life, I could not justify putting those labor rights in the deck. You basically just, you know, have to wait five minutes every time you play the card. Oof. But I was thrilled to just slam those three labor rights into the deck. What a joy. Unfortunately, though, that means you had to effectively cut down to 96 cards, right? How do you mean? If you're adding three labor rights that you don't typically add, how are you cutting those three cards from what would have been a 99 card deck to begin with? Oh, well, I, I mean, I actually had to build the deck from, from scratch the last oh, time. Oh, okay, I, okay. That, that's yeah, fine. the last time I played this list, I had DDoSs in it. It was... Uh, oh, that, yeah, there you go. So the, M, the MWL did the cuts for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. What was the baddest beat you had all weekend? I don't know. I'm just so good at Netrunner. Uh, let's see. I had seven losses. I felt bad because I in my first round, I was really keeping up with this Asa deck. It was disappointing to lose to them because... I didn't think I had any chance, and I sort of had a chance. Hate to see it. And I hesitate to ask, because you already cut all the way down to 99 cards here, and I'm sure, like, Tenon, I know very little about Tenon decks, but what I do know about them is that they are well-oiled machines, which uh, a single cog of which can't be removed. But that said, what was the worst deck-building decision you made all weekend? Well, I got to go with those two career fairs I have in that max deck. They cost mm -hmm. influence. I only have 15 spread off across 99 cards, and career fairs don't even do anything unless you draw something else. What a boring, terrible decision. I could have done so many cool things with that influence, and I did not. If I found one more influence, that could have been an inversificator. God, that card's free. Yeah, just put oh, it in. Oh, wow. Or a couple yeah. of buffer drives. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, I mean, the buffer drives cost three. They do, right? It's so many credits. Three is a lot. They cost one influence. They cost one card. Yeah, they, cost, they might as well be a million credits. I mean, cost, it is. Um, it basically is. You have to spend 30% of the credits you make off of Count Siphon to install a buffer drive. They That's tack crazy. your mental energy. Every time you max slip, you get this decision that doesn't even matter that you have to think about every single time. What a horrible card. What a mental tax, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I, I'm going to be honest. I did pretty good with my max deck. I went five and two. Nice. And yeah, that is nice. a lot more wins and, than I got with my runner. Yeah, um, and I don't <laughs> I'm think, reasonably impressed, actually. You should be. It's great. I think <laughs> I think this deck is sincerely decent. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut the feed pants. That's too good. That's too yeah, good. This, <laughs> too good this is not Slum's cast anymore. Yeah, I mean, it helps to have a corp deck that's like dragging you down, so yeah, you don't have to yeah. face the top players. My uh, netrunner philosophy is handicap yourself tremendously, play as much as you can, and by the law of large numbers, or just generally, you're going to do better than average a lot of the time. Most of the time, you're going to do average or below average, but you're going to do above average a lot and make a big deal of those things that happen and don't mention all the times that you get swept out and you just get to be a wizard that, you know, says that you're doing great things with cards that don't work. I also like to view it as like, this is almost strength training, right? Like all of these reps on Tenon in Worlds 2021, you're going to pick up the most recent busted Asa combo deck and just, you'll be lifting a couch with one hand. 10-0. Well, I, I got to say, with regard to Asa, 2019, I'll say my baddest beat, even though I didn't compete in Worlds, I spent all of 2019 playing fully operational Asa because mm. I love that card. My biggest jam in Netrunner is anything that is unbounded. I just want to do it. Successful field test, that that 4-2 that gives you credits for every Bioroid you have res. Yeah, um, yeah. Nasix. Trigger that a million times. Gain yeah, a bunch yeah, of the, the stonks so, card, yeah. So fully operational, I love. And I played so much fully operational Asa of my own design in 2019. Didn't do well with it. And my list was nowhere close, despite d dedicating like all my deck building time to making it good. What What a rube. I mean, to be fair, if I remember correctly, the first fully operational deck that like took the world by storm was designed by Greg Tung, who there is wizardry going on there that I will never be able to meet. Greg Tung will put together wild decks, but he doesn't get as much credit for a wild deck builder because the decks he builds just become the decks. So people yeah. forget. Yeah. He does do his best to make us think about that. If I remember correctly, there was one point where he had like a pawn shop Haley now with an even worse three influence mini faction card. Oh, yeah, I mean, tough. Jackson players only two. Awesome. Are, are there any shout outs, plugs you want to give while you're on here? I want to shout out to Andre from the Metropolitan Grid for telling me to put street magic in my deck. Nice. I want to shout out to the top strength of schedule earner in mm -hmm. Worlds 2020, uh, Osclet, Laura Williams. Basically, Every part of my max deck that actually worked was her creation. And I want to shout out to Gregor Mendel for discovering the laws of genetics, even though they weren't discovered until later. And just for being a great inspiration for everyone who's in a job that they don't like quite as much as they like doing weird science experiments. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Slums cast? Hey guys, I am Brandon, or known as The King. Well, And yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. What did you play at Worlds this year? Uh, Leela and Asa. What flavor of Asa, I guess we should ask? That could be one of about five different decks. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, Rococo. How did Sorry, that go on the day? Four and three. It ran into some hard luck later on in the tournament. It started out 3-0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the baddest beat you had all tournament? 
they had already scored a Vacheron mm-hmm. and a two pointer, and right, and they ran HQ and stole a Cyberdex, and it turned it into I have one more turn to win. And I was in all scenarios of fast advancing, I was a click or credit short. Oh, oh yeah. man, you hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely hate to see it. Uh, right. Out of curiosity, was it how many points did you need to score that you were one click or one credit short on? Just score a five three from hand. Like just a bust, five three from hand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just busted stuff that Rikoko Asa can do. No, no worries. You know, like <laughs> I totally I, normal play. <laughs> Yeah, like literally, I think I started the turn with, oh my God, I started the turn with one credit. I was a credit or click short from scoring a 5-3 from hand. <laughs> That's, that that if shouldn't had, be allowed. <laughs> if I, right? If I had two credits, the play was use one of my two retrievers counters that I had left, fully op, draw. Mm-hmm. I got a red level and something mm-hmm. else, or maybe it was a deadie and something else. And I could have just taken money there. I would have been at eight credits and I could have biotic because I had Jeeves up. I could have biotic red level daddy. I think I could have restored as well and then had enough to score like some combination of some foolishness could have happened. That, that would have made that possible. That sounds about correct for Asa. Some yeah. combination of foolishness. <laughs> foolishness. Yeah. Completely normal things where it's actually legitimately possible for you to win on four points with one credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you think you're gonna win next turn? Nah. <laughs> Runner sitting back like, man, I'm in such a good position right now. <laughs> I'm noticing it's a so- theme with the best decks. Yeah, right. Well, they, they do super busted stuff. The other part of it too is if I didn't actually have to use a retrievers counter, like if I just had fully off in hand, I mm-hmm. also would have won. <laughs> 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 ridiculous it, like on one credit like just nonsense it does seem like a bad beat because like in any other situation that yeah. is conceivable in the game you're like oh i win and exactly. all of your outs just had to be just out of reach this brings up an interesting philosophical question do you get the baddest beats on the most broken decks because they actually let you get that close interesting on my Polana, like, if I'm in that position, I need a three-pointer to win and I'm on one credit, like, yeah, no, that's, that's just a loss. I just lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, if you're Polana and you're at one credit, something terrible will happen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to actually res my ice. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Runner side. It's not bad beats. It's when you think you have everything figured out and you have a good start and then the wheels fall off, like, immediately. Mm. So... I start the turn, okay, my first turn against Janktivus, okay? He's on Asa. I'm like, oh, my head's busted, right? I'm like, okay, it's all turning wheel, dirty laundry R&D, trash VLC. Mm-hmm. Run again, see a Fairchild 3. I got two turning wheels, that's fine, cool. Run the Rashida, trash Rashida. Everything's good, right? Yep. Start mm-hmm. turn. Econ Warfare consult, hard-hitting news. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm on zero. <laughs> He's on zero. The difference is he's Asa and I'm not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, that was a busted opening. And then it wasn't. <laughs> you, you, you both had busted openings. It's just that the, the, the busted opening that happened to you was worse. <laughs> Mine had to come first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that felt bad. 
Oh, that's the problem with ASA, right? Like, they can just do that to you if you don't know it's the hard-hitting news version. <laughs> yep, and you just get you just get wiped. I, I From that position, zero credits and four tags, I did manage to steal five points. Okay, not bad. Uh, I did manage to keep my turning wheel alive through all of that nice. and almost did a three turning wheel dig in HQ the next time I got hard-hitting news. Jeeves was up. So there's uh-huh. a point where he just goes, econ, econ, archive memories, hard hitting news. <laughs> <laughs> just Asa BS, like totally just awful. Why the heck am I even thinking about clearing these tags? We're going to die. So let's just try to use this turning wheel, find this boom. And we just didn't find the boom. And then we got boom. It does it sometimes. It was... Uh... And then the times where you like don't protect your archives with Cortex Lock and you get greedy and put in a remote at a tech startup and you're like, maybe it just doesn't have the APOC. And then he's like absolutely credit perfect on the APOC. Ooh. And then next turn he slams down ASOPs and you're like, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> and I will not be making the cut today. right from there yeah (laughs) and i'm happy for him sort of happy i don't i don't know how this feels he was 10 and 4 but he was like a top 10 and 4 so like he finished 18 yeah what do you what do you tell people yeah like what do you tell i was 18th in the world that's probably what you tell them you don't tell them (laughs) (laughs) hey 18 out of 300 is is pretty good it's pretty good yeah maybe it's maybe too good for this cast (laughs) arguably yeah (laughs) it's right and it's like that's really good but then you know you you only you feel the pain right that you were right there It sounds like you definitely had one deck that was capable of doing just some absolutely broken stuff, but this is the Slums cast. What do you think was the most questionable deck building decision? Oh, I got it right. Oh, deck building or uh, or just decision I made in the turn? <laughs> well, let, let's let's start with deck building, but it sounds like there's an interesting one to go with after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... If I could do it again, I would have probably included the inside jobs and the sneak door, mm. even though I was playing in Golo. Um, sneak door could have been so useful in so many yeah. scenarios. And the story I have for you, the worst decision I made was just like forgetting for some reason that I was playing Acne and mm. duh, they're going to put the ward on HQ. Yeah. So I have a ton of money and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Boomerang legwork. Oh, it's a ward. <laughs> oh no. Oh. I'm like, um, GG. <laughs> they score, they score a sales team, stick a daily quest, and they're rich forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, um, so the next 15 minutes will be just me sort of playing the game, but I already know I lost, so... I have to keep playing, because I have, like, the 1%, but... (laughs) But, and then you peek into HQ at a point, you see hard-hitting news, and you're like, oh, this is gonna get even better. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's why you need to, you need to do the skateboard tricks, like that, that, the Da Vinci deck, right? We can... You can boomerang and then pop a Da Vinci and get another boomerang. He's in my testing group, actually. I'm so happy for him. Too many whiffs on that Stargate run on Mm -hmm. on CTM. But CTM's like that. Oh my god, that game was insane. That game was (laughs) sick. We had four people in the testing group. 
in the top 16, three in the top five. Anything you want to give a plug to? For sure. Shout out to the team, House Hippos. It's fairly new. I'd say most of us are Canadian, but you don't have to be Canadian to be in the group. And we, we just have a lot of fun. Play Netrunner. We try things. Competitive group. Yeah, we hope to make more noise in the future at future tournaments. The other thing is uh, Band Game Changer. Please, just do it. Like, <laughs> band Game Changer. You might hear changer. about that one on our next episode. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know how PE didn't slip through, like, Nisei's hand, but, like, Game Changer. Hey, if I run and steal agendas, I'm actually losing the game was okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that slipped through, but you got to take care of that one. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the cast, Brandon. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Slums cast? Oh, yes. Uh, my name is David, also known as Rotage. Been playing Netrunner for oh, since 2014, Spin Cycle. Then competitively since 2015. Go to a lot of events. Unfortunately, have to hang around with 50, which is a terrible price to play. But yeah, and that, that's me in a nutshell. Love it. What did you bring at Worlds this weekend? I bought Blue Sun and Haley. Blue Sun was something I was testing for quite a while. We just kept refining it and refining it and just trying different versions up to the last minute. Runner-wise, it was a Haley list. Just a list I found on Netrunner DB. I think the one that was quite high up, been published and mentioned in some articles. So I just literally took it, did some test games with it, and yeah, it was all good. Anything especially spicy about either of the decks? There's two snow in the Blue Sun. That was sort of floating influence. It was EMPs, it was data loops, it was all kinds of things. And in the end, having checked to Swift, it was his idea, to be fair, we put in snares. It was originally three, then became two. Yeah, and I did get a win from one of the snares, a game that I was never going to win, but they <laughs> accessed the snare of two cars in hand. So yeah, apart from that, it. it was good fun. And being Blue Sun, you can, if you want to install it, install it and bounce it back to hand and just keep doing that over and over oh, that's again. That's so rude. That is so <laughs> yeah. rude. That is very rude. <laughs> so overall, what was your record? I finished 10 and 4, which was absolutely fantastic. I didn't have any expectations of getting that far. So yeah, I was chuffed to bits. Tried a 2 for 1 my last game. The opponent unfortunately couldn't because they were on a much higher point-wise. But yeah, 10 4, absolutely full to bits. Very, very happy with that result. That's an extremely good finish. That's like arguably too good of a finish for us to have you on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to cut the feed right here. Right. Uh-oh. Uh- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can look at all my records for the whole rest of the year, and they've been absolutely terrible. So this is just a little blip, so it's absolutely fine. Well, I guess we can keep it then. Uh, <laughs> we'll allow it for next. But, um, with the exception of getting paired against an <laughs> opponent who could not two-for-one in that last round, what would you say was the baddest beat you had all weekend? There's a Leela game, which is beyond awful. Blue Sun just gave me no money, no ice, and I lost so fast. One of those games go, yeah, I could have done nothing to this. You just gave me absolutely garbage cards. So that was definitely the worst corp game. Otherwise, it wasn't a bad game. It's hilariously funny when I was playing against an Ace list and a Chief Sleeve suddenly became missed. And I was like, don't know what to do about this. This is not any of my testing plans. <laughs> and then Macrophages appeared and you, should lo- you lose. I was like, okay, this is some real good bullshit, uh, which I fully approve of. But Please yeah, tell me was- you lost a Chief Sleeve. Did you? I nearly did. I had to run in screwed up the run completely then had to find a, some shape of bullshit to get enough money to sim hack back in just to trash it um, sadly <laughs> i didn't they had to score out which I guess is a bit of a bad way to sort of to win that game but yeah that was hard work but a great way to lose i love those sort of decks i generally love losing to that because it's just hilarious 
How much influence is Chiefsley? I think it's free. I, I was going to talk to this person, wow. work out how they fit it in because in your Shula, that is a guides. ceremony. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it might as well be a million. They also had voting voting machine initiative as one of the agendas, which I still I was baffled by wow. that. It was it was an amazing listen. I need to speak to the person. They're from Bristol in the UK. It seems fun and something I may want to work, try and work on myself. If you could forward that to us, we would genuinely <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. I'd be glad to. Absolutely glad to if I can get hold of it, yeah, because it just looks crazy. But the rest of it's just standard data. So until you see some of the pieces, you just believe it's what's about to happen. That's awesome. So with the obvious exception of not playing that specific Corp deck, what would you say was the worst deck building decision that you made on the weekend? Um, You you may um, have to dig deep on this, given that you actually did have a good record. (laughs) Yeah, so I think the biggest mistake, I had Argus Crackdown in my Blue Sun list, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't think did hardly anything all weekend. So that could have been something else. I'm not sure what that something else could be, to be honest, but that was definitely the weakest card, the one card that I think yeah, didn't put its way. Everything else contributed in one form or another, but that definitely two cards that I think could be something else. In that same vein, is there a terrible card you almost included in either deck? Oh, God. Um, the Vana deck, as I said, because I just net decked, I was going to put no Triton, which isn't particularly that exciting. Oh. On the Corp side, God, we've made through so many changes on that Corp list. Possibly data loop. Data loop's my bad card. I keep wanting to include constantly, and it never works out. So I guess possibly data loop, but no, not not as bad as usual. If I'm honest, Neural MP, which is a good include. I'm not going to say that's a bad card. It's a great card. Tier a tier was appearing in Blue Sun as well at one point. I put it in deck, tried it once, but then Swifty talked me out of it. Unfortunately, it is five influence. It is, that is uh, which... more than two snares worth of influence. Yeah, exactly. But no, apart from that, no, usually I do some real nonsense things, but for once I didn't this time. Worked out pretty well, seems like. It, yeah, fantastically well. And obviously that's that's probably me done for about the next couple of years of decent, decent performances. I think I used up all my luck yesterday for sure <laughs> uh, in quite a few games, but that's fine. I'm, if I'm going to get my luck, well, this is the time to get it. Absolutely. Are there any shout outs you'd like to give or anything you'd like to plug while you're on here? I like to just say, Swifty, you're just terrible, absolutely terrible, but thanks for the snow idea. So I want to give a shout out to Swifty and obviously all the people at Niso for running a fantastic event, everyone I played, and just everyone basically, everyone involved in Netrunner. Um, fantastic people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to that audio while we had that quick discussion. (laughs) Also, thank you to the rest of the community members for providing content for this episode. We do really sincerely appreciate it. However, I've got to say, there's no worries on the Slums cast. That segment is never coming back again. Right, Pants? Never. And now some more interviews. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? Uh, Hi, my name's Limes. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. What did you play at Worlds this weekend? I was on a Hashiko and a Sports Metal Combo deck. Interesting. Sports Metal Combo. Tell us a little more about the Sports Metal Combo. Well, you put a load of points down on the table. You really have the, the runner try and steal those. And then you do a big combo turn at the end with Game Changer and Fast Break. Fantastic. What was the Ice Suite like? It was uh, a bit minimal. I had three Meridians and that's it. Spicy. That's very spicy. How did this do for you on the weekend? Uh, so I, I, I sort of ended up, uh, well, I, I won, actually. Oh, won, like, uh, like a couple games with it? Uh, a couple, yeah. I, I sort of won the whole event. Pants, this what? is bullshit. Wait, cut what? the feed. Cut oh, the God. feed. We need to cut the feed.
I, I was actually really disappointed that I couldn't save the King Kong ain't got shit on me audio <laughs> that you did because like that shit was. It happens. As we know, audio is immutable. So.